Now it still may send it to my email, but I could just swing it to you, and then you can do all your edits and stuff. Yeah, yep, that's perfect. All right, y'all, let me know when y'all ready. Can we uh can we pray in? Yeah, or... yeah pass the prayer. Oh. <laughs> um, all right, cool. Uh, Father, thank you so much for uh, your great love for us. Thank you um, that you you kept us all day long, um, and you're still sustaining us now. Uh, Lord, I pray. Uh, I wanna let me thank you. Thank you first uh, for being God, for uh, giving us your uh, beautiful. Uh, son jesus christ as our um, sacrifice um thank you uh, that you care you care about us you love us so much that you would uh, not just give him to us but you would turn your back on him uh um just so that we would have life and life more abundantly uh, his sacrifice pays for everything for us and we are grateful for that thank you then for uh, my brother uh, samir thank you for uh, just his hunger um uh, to promote um, better um, to promote uh, joy and, and uh, just a good story uh, within life. I pray that this would be uh, God honoring, that Jesus Christ would be uh, highly exalted, um, and that people will come to know who you are. We love you. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. So, uh, welcome everybody to the Good Report podcast. Uh, I have with me. Vernon and Pascal. Pascal. Yeah, I knew I was going mess it up. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. All right, Pascal Mobley. Um, and what's the baby's name? What's the baby's Eliana. name? Eliana. Eliana. Eliana Mobley. Yes. Welcome to family. We got a uh, just a beautiful family with us today. Um, I was telling uh, Vern when I spoke to him just about this whole thing that my crew was starting this podcast and I never explained this to my audience uh before um so I want this is a good time to do that I started this because I was listening to different podcasts watching tv just media period and it was just a lot of bad news all the time uh, whether it's because of the pandemic um elections all the different stuff just bad news so I wanted to just I guess insert some good news in the whole mix and I tried to think of a way that I could do that because I don't know nothing about politics. I, I'm, I don't care about, you know, whatever is involved in, yeah, the world, all that other stuff. I'm, I'm not too concerned with a lot of the stuff that's being talked about. So what, what could I do to insert some good? And I came up with just stories of people that inspire me, um, that I've been watching up close or far, um, and just sharing those things about what God is doing in their lives. And uh, before I started this, y'all were one of the first, uh, uh, two of the first people that I, um, you know, thought of just watching y'all story through social media was like very, very encouraging. I talked to almost everybody I know just about y'all. And I talked to my wife about y'all. I talked to my pastors about y'all. Um, and just the strength that I've seen, um, you know, through your whole process and we'll get more into it, but it's just been like super inspiring and encouraging. So just want to let y'all know that. Um, Appreciate you, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. Uh, so I want to start out first with letting everybody know how I uh, met Vern. Yes, sir. Back in the day, <laughs> Vern is, was and is one of the coldest drummers on <laughs> I agree. He, you know, he put the suit on. He 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 picks the sticks up from time to time. But I need, don't be mistaken. He's him. Uh-huh. And uh, I used to, you know, be around singing at different places and 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 doing different shows and stuff. And Vern was there playing, him and uh, you know, we got cool through that. And um, he's just always just been a solid dude. Uh, I think one of my fondest memories is your birthday uh, concert that we did. Sir. And that was dope. Really yes, dope. Sir. Got close during that time, just rehearsing for a while uh, for that. And so it was just really a really dope time just getting to know him and knowing just how good and genuine of a dude he is. So, um, yeah, glad to know you. This is my first time meeting Pascal. So 
I'm sure she's great. <laughs> Man, I'm she all makes, right. She I'm makes okay. me better, Doc. Listen. <laughs> so I want to start uh, with Vern asking you, I was always interested. How did you, because, um, oh, yeah. For those who don't know, he is the worship pastor, worship and creative arts pastor of Epiphany Fellowship um, under Dr. Eric Mason. Um, how did you get introduced to uh, Dr. Mason and Epiphany? How did you end up there? Yeah. So um, the crazy part is uh, it wasn't really him. It was uh, most people call him the truth, but I know him as Manny. Um, Manny's mother and my mother, uh, basically grew up in the same church together. Uh, and they were, they're friends to this day. And so, uh, we were looking for a different church at the time. And, um, actually the crazy part is we weren't, we had stopped looking for a church. And my dad was like, you know what? Every Sunday morning, we just going to get up, come to the dining room table. You're going to hear a word and that be it. And then, um, my mom, I was talk, talking to Aunt Marty at the, she's, that's what I call her, Aunt Marty. And um, she was like, yo, you need to check this new church out. It's really nice, uh, but it's hip. It's hip hop and all that. And so we went and um, literally went to, I think their launch service. We were like, okay, this is, this is, this is different, but you know, they're preaching God's word. And so um, I think uh, we didn't commit right then and there, but I think maybe uh, a few Sundays or a few months, maybe after that, uh, my, my dad was like, both of my parents were like, hey, you know what, this is something that we need to commit to. Um, and we even let Dr. Mason know, like, we in here for the long haul. And so that's literally how it all began. And, and I, that was, I was in junior high school back then. So to see all that come, you know, to now being one of the pastors there is crazy. Yeah. How many years has it been now? Um, so the church has been there for, is it 15 years? You're the best. Lord Jesus. This is bad. <laughs> I, think it's, I think we just celebrated 15, I think 15. Uh, 15 years. Uh, so I've been there just about around the, the beginning of it. So I would say maybe like 14, 13, 14 years. Um, so I basically grew up here in this church. So um, how has, because uh, you're, when did you get ordained as pastor there? It was that, last year. Last, what was that? I don't remember. I don't know what month that was, but it ain't been, it's been a few months right. of me being a yeah, pastor, hasn't been a year um, yet. but it, has, it hasn't been a year yet. So, so how has that whole process been just getting acclimated to that new position? Man, one, I think one of the things um, that I appreciate about uh, my pastors and brothers, because they, they, they're my brothers, uh, but they're my pastors as well, is it wasn't like, people don't know that we did a whole year long track before like we were considered to be elders but it was like if you don't pass this this year long and then sit in the hot seat then um this this is this is probably not for you mm -hmm. um but it was it was interesting it, it 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 grew me a lot to um even care for people um because i think uh and this is we, we get into our story but um pascal is one of those people that helped me care about people a lot um uh, because usually on, on the 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 old vernon there's some old vernon still in there but i'm trying to get them out oh. um but but i it wouldn't really didn't really care uh about feelings or emotions it was like logic mm. over everything if, mm. it, if it don't make sense then we just gonna leave it but i think one of the things is just being around these guys and and again these were um, these were my friends these were my pastors what long before they considered me to be an elder um but what would help me in that that uh, short amount of time um is just man knowing what what pastoring is what goes into like preaching on sunday morning ain't pastor you you preach it it's a part of it um but our job is to lead care no lead feed no care and protect the flock that's that's the, the role and responsibility of an elder so that's that's kind of what it was like for me um i learned a lot um i was on the hot seat i had to answer some some deep theological questions and uh i almost almost gave up but but the lord was faithful um and, and helped me get through it so yeah so pascal how is it being a pastor's wife uh, did did you expect that how did you how did you acclimated to that let's hear from the lady herself um, i i i never really like said in my mind, like, oh, I want to be a pastor's wife. But I, 
I just liked Vernon. <laughs> I liked him a lot. And I was like, well, if he's a police officer, I'll be a police officer. Like, if he's a pastor, I'll be a pastor. Like, yeah. So it wasn't, there is no, there was no like, I don't know. I, I guess I didn't really have a real view of, of pastor's wives before I met him. So it wasn't, it wasn't like a position to look at, like, oh, I want to be that. It right. just was like, oh, you're married to a pastor. Yeah. But now, now that I, I know a little bit more about what a pastor is and what the, how pastor's wives are viewed, um, I think I developed like a rebellion in my mind. I was like, okay, so I see pastor's wives with the big hats and like, <laughs> I see them, I just see, I see them I get it. so like, I don't know, they just have this, this way about them. And so me being then my I feel like my besetting sin is rebellion mm. so my first thought is how do I rebel against mm. what it means to be a pastor's wife that, that was my first thought if I'm honest um but now I just I am I'm just grateful for the opportunity to to love him well as he shoulders all that he has to shoulder as, as a pastor of our church and to care for him however he needs me to care for him I, that's how I see it I see it as my duty to him I don't know. I'm I'm still working through what it looks like as my duty to the church. Yeah. More than anything, I I see it as my duty to my husband, who has more responsibility now. So, oh. yeah. How did y'all meet? Sorry, Eliana keeps interrupting. Us. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Part of show. Listen, it's raw and uncut. That's what it is. Um, yeah. How did y'all meet, y'all two? Um. So we I were, tell the story differently than how no, she tells we don't. it. No, we don't. We told one part differently. So we met at a uh, at a conference that Epiphany, uh, that Pastor E was hosting, the Thriving, mm-hmm. the Thriving Conference. Mm-hmm. And so I was a, a volunteer. Vernon worked as an intern at the church, I think. At I was, time. Uh, I had just just got done my internship. Okay, so, so he was, was he was on staff, he was on staff, and so part time. Yes, part-time. So um, I didn't really know him. I just saw him leading worship one time and I was like, oh, he's cute. Like, but it was like a, he's cute, like passing thought. (laughs) And so um, I saw him, like we were in like a crowded like area. People were going to their different breakout sessions and I like locked eyes with him for like longer than I should have. (laughs) And I was like, okay, that was weird. But so like during the breakouts, I was like moving from room to room because I think I was taking pictures for the conference. And so we, it was just us going down a hallway together. I'll, this is where I jumped in. So literally you can't make this up. The, the hallway was extremely long. I mean, there was a long hallway and she was coming down one way and I was going up the other way. And literally it was just us. And so we're walking and Literally, I'm like, I'm not going to pay too much attention to it. And so I do what most guys do. You know, most guys do. I pulled out my phone and I act like I was looking at something. And so I was, I was going to just breeze on by, you know? And, and literally she was like, oh, hey, I know you. And I was like, mind you, I'm so shy. Oh, yes. Like, I don't, I'm very, very shy and not, maybe not very, very, but I'm shy. Yeah. And I, um, so it, it's so weird that I even did that. I think I was just, I felt more awkward than I did nervous and I wanted to kill that awkwardness. So I was like, cause it's, it's a very long hallway and I very saw him pull his phone out. So I was like, we go to the same church. I have to say something to you. <laughs> so I said, Hey, like, you know, and then go ahead. You tell this. So then he says, no, no, no. Then I'm like, um, I asked you, what he, he asked me what my name was. And I was like, I told him my name. And then he, and then I said, what's your name? And he said, you don't know who I am. And I was like, now, 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 Samir, I'm, I'm not that guy. Okay. I'm not that jerk of a guy to say, you, man, look at me. You don't know who I am. That's not me, but she, this is her recollection. <laughs> so you know what, to, 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 to save and have a happy house. I'm just going to let her believe that. <laughs> he didn't, but to be fair, he didn't say it. Like, you don't know who I am. He said it like a genuine, like, oh, you don't know who I am like that. So it didn't, it didn't sound like jerk to me. Right, right, right. So I was like, oh, I don't know. I thought his name was like Frank. I didn't know. Like, I, I don't know why Frank came to my mind, but. I look like a Frank. Then we became friends, I guess, yeah. after that. So I think it, from, from then on, um, 
we just had mutual friends and uh and this is probably gonna go into just the the i guess the pursuit uh, i just put myself around all her friends right because i knew if if her friends was going to be there she was going to be there right right and i just said hey you know what i mean we're going to do this this is how we're going to do it and uh yeah that's kind of how how it went from there that's dope that's yeah. dope so during that pro- I, I guess for Vern, if this is my question how did you I'm always interested to know how do you how do you lock down and figure out okay this is for lack of better words the one. Yeah, man. So I one of the things I think was like an eye opener for me is I had to be honest with myself um, to not pretend that I was somebody or, or whoever I was or dating was was somebody. And so um, it wasn't long after a, a breakup, but it was like, hey, man, like I, I obviously see myself going into a direction um, that obviously God is, is God honoring. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I didn't see myself as being a single guy. Right. Just that just wasn't it. And so um, it was it was literally like, yo, I'm I'm going to be intentional with saying, I'm gonna invest in this one relationship. I'm not gonna to get to know nobody else. And and people do that. So like I, I that that's just not me. Like it, I'm I'm already like the guy who's just like, if I gotta to talk to too many people, I'm just like, okay, let's just <laughs> let's time out. It's too many. I like it's it's hard enough to just focus on one person. Yeah, one person. And so um for me it was just like, yo, if if obviously she's a beautiful person on the outside um, and her friends attest to her being a beautiful person on the inside. And so for me, it was like, yo, who is that person? Let, let me get to know who the real Pascal is. Right. And so um, it was a matter of talking to her friends. Hey, what, you know, she, she like, once we started to actually date, it was like, she thinks like this and her friends are like, yeah. Or it's like, no, that's that's your assumption of her, mm. right? And then there was sometimes where I had to say, "Hey, like," uh, and this is it gets into the story where she actually—I I know she hates when I say this—but she 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 didn't like me. She hated me, right? She rather didn't hate you. I just didn't like them. She didn't like me because of—I uh, mean, it could be—it was so many things, and maybe we'll get into this later. But um, anyway, the 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 way I knew it was it was it was a this. It wasn't like a like osmosis, like, oh my God, she's your, she's your one. Like, no, no. It was just like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to do the, the big boy, uh, make the big boy decision to say, I'm going to invest in one person. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm going to see, like, if, if God's called me to this, to this one person, I'm going to work through the things I need to work through. I'm going to grow in the areas I need to grow in. Um, and, and literally here we are uh, three years later with five years later. <laughs> Well, five years later, three years of marriage, but five, yes. Yes. Five years of knowing each other, three years of being married. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah. That's dope. That's dope. I uh I like what you said just as far as, you know, before just thinking about the areas you need to grow in before deciding to make that decision. Cause my pastor says a lot, you know, the church, they put pressure on you to get married, but they don't train you on how to be married, you know, a lot of times. Uh They'll, they'll see a single guy and be like, oh, when are you going to get married? Or a single girl, when are you getting married? Yeah. Well, teach me how to sustain marriage where you try to throw me into a marriage. So right. thinking about, you know, what what do I need to fix in me first before I attach myself to somebody else is dope. dope. And, and just to, to, to go, I'm sorry, to go on with that is also there are things that you're going to grow in in your marriage that you might not have grown in outside your marriage. And, and this is, I'm gonna just go ahead and, 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 and say it. So dur- during, so I would have considered myself, I, well, I consider myself now uh, a guy who um, is not patient. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, would you say angry? And you, he had, a, I think he had an anger problem before. Yeah. Um, but like, I think, I think both of us had different things that we brought to the relationship that made the relationship just, it just made us, it, it caused there to be so much more friction than needed to be. So yeah. it wasn't, our relationship 
wasn't like a lovey-dovey all the time relationship we fought a lot yeah. a lot a lot and but I didn't want to give up I didn't want to give up until we crossed every t and dotted every yeah. i so so the, um it wasn't like oh he's the one it was my 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 pull towards him was is he willing to put in the work yeah and he was we were meeting with um couple, couples that are older than us um we had we went through a pre-engagement course mm-hmm. with the with um our men like some of our mentors at the church yeah. and that is what caused us to be like okay like we Absolutely. like each other again like and more than anything those were things that vernon was open to and yeah. he was even initiating so i was like oh well if he can submit himself to the um leadership of other people yeah in terms of our marriage, I can submit myself to somebody like that. Now, there there are situations where there, there are people who are like, no, I don't want anybody in our business. I want to continue to do the foolery that I want to do. In that case, I don't feel safe with somebody like that. Yeah. So that is what really drew me to, to Vernon. Because I'm like, in that case, we can overcome anything. Yeah. If you're willing to submit yourself and be humble in that way, I can submit, submit myself to you. Or I can, I can walk alongside you. I can, like... Someone that's submitted to the Lord is someone that I want to be around. And so on top of the fact that he's cute and he can sing (laughs) and he can dress nice and all that, he's funny, all those beautiful things that are like surface level. There was a lot of humility there. Mm. And that's what drew me to him because that's not the norm. Yeah, I wish it was, but it's not. And and even to to that, like one of the things you got to know about Pascal, I, I wear this hoodie on purpose it says uh, black women love theology too. It's actually her hoodie. She bought in a large and I said, I'm aware of this because I have a woman who's black, who, who loves theology. So when Pascal got to Epiphany Fellowship, it wasn't like a, like just an average woman. Like I'm not saying like the average woman is, is not a theologian, but like she, she read manhood restored and she's not a man. So there was already expectations of what a man should be. And then you get to a church where the, the, the writer of that book is, is Dr. Mason. And literally your expectation is the men here at Epiphany Fellowship should definitely be men, right. men who are restored, right? And then you meet a joker like me who is like, man, you got anger issues. You know, you, you think, you know, your way is the right way, all these things. And, and, and so what, what, what Pascal does for me is shows me areas in in my life that says, man, you 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 need you need work on that area. You you need to so I, I always I say I married up. Like because if I didn't have somebody to point out the areas in me to say, man, you can grow in these areas or just challenge me, whether it's her verbally saying it um, or just being like, like. I'm just tired. I, I, I just want something like what else can, can, you know, can we, can we finish reading the Bible or read a book or can you just talk to me? Right. Uh, can you share your emotions with me? And so that's, that's what she does for me, even to this day, man. And so I, I think, I think what, what also helped in me making the decision to say, man, she's the one, she's the one because she doesn't let me stay in the stagnant season that I'm in, but she pushes me uh, to be better. Yeah, well, that's dope. That's dope. That's y'all reminding me a lot of <laughs> me and my wife. <laughs> Just as that that same sentiment is it's a challenge. Yeah. Not like in a bad way, but it's a challenge to grow. It's a challenge to be better. Yeah. And I want to be a better man. God knows the woman to send me to to help in that 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 process. That's dope. That's really, really dope. So um what year did you guys get married? 2018. 18. Time flies. I remember seeing all y'all pictures and stuff. That's crazy. <laughs> the fact that we lost two years to the pandemic don't make it any better. No better. Yeah. We married in 2019. And then the next year it was like lockdown. We didn't go Aww. one year anniversary. Then. Well, we'll get it back. We'll get it back. Yeah, I know. So um, you get married in 2018. Um, and then how long after was your uh, first pregnancy? So we got married in and then three, three months later, we got pregnant with our twin girls. Okay. We said that we were going to wait a year, but I was like, nah, let's not wait. 
And then I, I was gun hole on waiting a year. And then she's, she was just like, but, but a baby, but a baby, but a, but a baby right away. All right, here we go. He said the same thing. And it wasn't a year before we had our first baby. See, same page. Hey, you know. So uh, <laughs> just to, I guess, uh, let our audience know, you know, your story and, and that whole process. Can y'all explain to us, you know, what happened during that, uh, you know, your first pregnancy? Yeah, so um, we got pregnant three months into our marriage. And then we at, we had twin girls. And at week 17, we lost our twins. And um, I, we didn't know what was wrong. They kept saying like, oh, it's because you had identical twins. Things like this happen with high identical risk. twins. They're high risk, all of this. Um, so they said, next pregnancy you should be fine especially if you only have one baby so i got pregnant again but i had an i got i I had a miscarriage at six weeks um but they said you know things like this happen it was like a a normal miscarriage or whatever there was no real reason for it and then they can't they said it was a a reset her body was resetting i yeah that's what that's what they said yeah and then they also and then so not too long after that we got pregnant with our son, Milo, and um, Milo made it to 18 weeks. And then at 18 weeks, we, we, I wasn't feeling well, so I went to the doctor and um, they said that the sack, Milo's sack was coming through my cervix. And like when you're pregnant, your cervix is supposed to ripen right before delivery. But for whatever reason, mine was ripening way too early. So the week, the week that a baby can live outside of the womb is week 24. And so Milo was only 18 weeks. So um, they tried to sew me up and in hopes that that would keep me to 24 weeks. They weren't, they, they weren't hopeful, but they said they would try to do anything, you know, anything they could. So then it only held Milo for a week. And at week 19, they had to take the stitches out and I had to deliver him. Um, and we lost him at delivery. Yeah. We lost him June 13th. And so throughout that process, I found out that I have cervical insufficiency. And so, which means my cervix opens up way too soon. Like it, I, I can't have, I can't hold a baby in my body longer than a certain amount of time. And the, like the heavier the baby gets, the easier it is for me to just deliver. And it opens up without any pain. So there's no real warning. So it's a miracle that I even knew something was wrong yeah. with my body. So then um, we, we, because I knew what was wrong, I was grateful. It was very, very painful emotionally, like super frustrating, all of that. But I was grateful that they had a reason for why I was going, we were going through what we were going through. So um, I found out that there was a procedure called a trans abdominal cerclage where they basically sew you up permanently. And in order to keep the baby inside. So what we did was we found an amazing doctor, the amazing. top doctor in the field, a month before he, no, a few weeks before he retired. Yeah. This is the top doctor. Like this is all God's grace. So we flew to Chicago, met him, sweetest, most amazing guy. First thing he says is let's, let's see if we can make sure this never happens to you again. <laughs> so he's like, so amazing, does the surgery. And um, then I have to wait like maybe a day or so. Then we fly back to Philly Mm -hmm. and we get pregnant three months later, (laughs) three months later, which it's just amazing, an amazing timeline. We get pregnant three months later with Eliana. Yes. And she stayed in there the whole time. Well, she's, well, she stayed in there for 35 weeks, Yeah, 35 weeks. So she, she came a month early, but that's way longer than I ever held a baby in my body. So, um, she came July 4th. With fireworks, fireworks in tow. So we're really grateful. It was a very long and painful process. Very long, very painful. But God's faithfulness was present in each loss. Absolutely. In each win, (laughs) his his faithfulness, his fingerprint, his hand was there. A hundred percent. We learned a lot about who he was, who he is. Y'all were just watching y'all through social media were like, I, I don't think I can say it any other way. Y'all were like a reason why I started this podcast. 
Wow. Because just the you could feel the strength like coming through the phone. Those posts that um firm would uh that will post just about the process, and then you would go to Pascal's page and see and it was just like it was transparency, was honest about what you're feeling, but it was also like I still we still trust God. We still believe God, and it was like there was truth and transparency, but there was it was just strength, it was it was hope. And, it, and, and you feed off of that. It was like, okay, they're going through this and they're getting through. I can get through. If right. through right. So y'all are, uh, y'all are amazing and got the beautiful baby girl. It's, it's dope. <laughs> beautiful little distraction. <laughs> y'all are dope. Um, so how, how is parenthood? What are, what are the, the, the highs, the valleys? What are, how is parenthood? <laughs> um. So, so for me, uh, I, I think it's beautiful. I think it's beautiful. Uh, my, um, so I, I have nieces and nephews, and one of the things that we were just blessed to, to do was basically raise them. Um, like they were always at the house. Uh, my brother's oldest son um, basically grew up, like grew up with us mm. uh, from infancy to like you know, toddler age. And so we just always had him. And um, that was just interesting for us. It was just, I mean, he was like, he wasn't quite like a little brother, but he was like, like we took care of him. We made sure he ate, we did, you know, all that stuff. And my parents were there, but it was just like, no, we we had a, a part to play in it. Uh, and then being a part of youth ministry for me, um, I've always just had a, well, no, let me not say that. I, I grew. Uh, to love the youth that I dealt with um, mm -hmm. and came in contact with. Um, and I like, I wanted to see them grow and, and be the best versions of themselves um, uh, and be the, the best version that, that God would want them to be. And so um, that just kind of sparked a, uh, just a, a passion to raise my own children. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so with, with that, it was kind of like, man, I, it, I feel somewhat prepared to to do that in this season too and even with all the other kids it was just like a long uh, awaiting um just desire to like parent and mm. and like we would even talk like man we want our kids to to just not be the bible quoters but to to be transformed how do we raise our kids um with not just our our words but yeah. how we how we love each other yeah. right because they're going to see way before they they you know because i can say a million things to her but if she see me hug mommy yeah. if she see me give mommy a kiss she's going to see that as uh, my mom. Not, right that like there there is love there even um i forget what i was doing um i did something and she she responded or she like did it with her but mm -hmm. i forget what it was like just say i was i was drinking uh like using a cup right like i was i drunk whatever the water or juice and she like put her hand up to her mouth because she saw me do it right and so that was that's kind of what uh we always we wanted to like display that you know both with our life but also with our lips and that has to be uh kind of where uh that's that's kind of where we land um of course we 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 have our different ways of, of how we want certain things and literally we just went on a walk uh, a few days ago we were talking about, hey, is it going to be private school, public school, charter school, you know, all those type of things. Um, and we even have to, we had to talk through, because we come, we come from completely different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. Pascal won't, she sometimes, you know, says it ain't true, but she grew up in a, in a, a household that had, had a little bit more money than, than we had, right? Um, we, you know, we wasn't broke, broke, but we was, you know, we experienced the light being off. We experienced, you know, water being, you know, all that, all that type of stuff. Not saying that she didn't, but it was, it was probably more times on my end than it was on hers. And so, but I also grew up in a household where both parents were there. So I understood and seen, you know, I, I saw the love that my parents had for one another. I saw them have uh, love for us, right? And so, and I, and I also, I saw them at the, at the, uh, the, the breakfast table, reading the Bible together in the morning. I, I, like I, I got to witness those things. And so some of those things I carry on 
um, into how I raise Eliana um, or how we raise Eliana, but there's also things that she sees um, that says, man, my parents did this or, or they loved us like this and we want to kind of carry on those, those traits. But there's also on the other end, stuff that we see our parents do and we like, oh, we ain't doing that. That, that ain't coming up in, in this house, right? And so um, I think how, how we are raised and even um, I think we've been blessed to know, uh, I, I would call them brothers and sisters who are a little older than us who have kids. And we've been blessed to see their lives and how they love and, and, and you know, raise their children. And it's like, man, when, when ours get here, we, we can't wait to, you know, do some of those things or, or even change or take some of those things and, and make them our own. So, yeah. Uh, parenting has been hard though. <laughs> it's been good. It's been, it's good. Okay. It's really good. It's so, it's so amazing to see her. She's so fun. She's so cute. Every time I look at her, I'm like, I can't believe that yeah. I have a living baby. Like I, that will, and I hope I always stay this like mind blown because I just feel like it, it makes, it gives me a different approach to her. Like I, I, I feel like I approach her with so much more patience than I would if I never lost any babies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I'm like so happy she's here, uh, but it's, it's hard because we are different. Yeah. Like we both grew up with our parents, both parents in the household, but we, I'm a Haitian American. He's an African American. Mm -hmm. So though we both grew up in America, I grew up in the suburbs. He grew up in Philly. Like there are a lot of differences in how Haitian American Haitians raise their children versus how Americans raise their children. Yeah. Like it's very subtle, but there are differences. There's differences. There are differences. Thanksgiving looks a lot different. Thanksgiving looks a lot different. Huh. So they, they willing to test some things out on Thanksgiving. We like keep it simple. Because Thanksgiving is know? an American holiday. It's not a <laughs> it's not a Haitian holiday. Yeah. Yeah. But there 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 are differences. But it's 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 good. But there are definitely challenges. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I'm thinking about uh, what Vern said about showing and displaying more than just talking. And at the church, we talk a lot about we learn through images, you know, we learn through what we see more than what we, you know, technically hear. So, yeah, displaying something um, is way more important. I sort of feel like being a parent, like I'm on a clock almost just growing up and I'm like, OK, the things that I don't have, like internally in place. I got to get them together because she's watching me more and more. And I, yeah, I don't want her to get to like, it's like, what is the age where she like really notices what I'm doing wrong? So I'm like, all right. And then we got a new one. I'm like, let me get this stuff together before I teach her some stuff that I don't want to carry on. Oh, that's real. Um, just going back for a second in your uh, whole, like your process of uh, losing your babies before Vern, what sort, what was your experience in that? Cause you know, the the woman's experience, which is, is is valid, but I think it's a lot that's that's on the platform a lot more. You hear about the woman's experience uh, of losing children. But what's your experience as a father and as a husband? How was that, you know, for you? Yeah. So, Great question. Uh, yeah, that's an amazing question. <laughs> yeah. um, I think so. So. It, it's tough. Right. So for a person like me, it's, it's hard mm -hmm. because I'm a natural fixer, do it, get it done. And this was a moment where there was nothing I could do yeah. to fix it. I, I had to sit in the rooms and literally watch my kids just flop out with no life. Yeah. Right. Um, be wiped off, laid in this, you know, this, what, I don't know what that thing is called, but this bed, you know, and literally there's no life, right? See family, especially with the twins, um, see family come in, walk past the kids, cry with them, and then go over to, you know, Pascal, grieve with her, you know, it, it, it was just, it felt like I'm, I'm hopeless. Like, I, I don't, or, or not hopeless, but I, I can't do anything. There's nothing I can do to change this, right? And not not going through that just once, um, but being like literally after the twins go into the appointment and literally them saying, oh, we don't see anything. Mm. And we like, huh? But we were just at an appointment a few weeks ago saying that she was pregnant. And, and then 
you know, when she gets pregnant with Milo, literally being, that was in the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Like being the only people in the hospital, mm -hmm. right? And, and the, the nurses leave after Milo's out. And literally we, uh, when we played the, when, when she was born, while we were in the hospital, every time a baby was born, they would play the song, uh, here comes the sun, doo 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 doo. And literally, I'm sitting there, my son is, is not breathing, living, but yet they're playing a song that says, a, baby was just born. a baby's born. Hmm. So I'm sitting there, just in, in a pandemic, me and my wife and, and my, my son who, who doesn't have life in him, but yet we're hearing a song called, <laughs> here comes the sun, yeah. right? But it feels very cloudy for me. And so um, for, for me, I think that, that's on one hand, that's it's, it's one of the hardest moments in my life yeah. uh, to 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 not being not be able to uh quote unquote fix my wife right to not be able to bring life back to my children all, all those things um and so in a way it's like man this is rough but but also like ministry is not stopping for me yeah I gotta get up Sunday morning, and I gotta lead people in the worship, and I gotta, I gotta continue to preach right. when when it's my turn. Like, and 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 the passages I'm preaching ain't, you know, it ain't valley, and you know, all, they ain't sermons in the valley. They sermons on the mountaintop, right? Um, the, preaching sermons, like literally, we, we were in in counseling, and this verse just kept coming uh, to our counselor, and she gave it to us. She said, "Read it," and and so. It was, um, uh, have, do you not perceive it that uh, I'm making rivers in the desert like that? And so literally that's that's a sign of hope. And so I, I took that that verse and I'm like, man, I'm a preach this thing because at that time she was pregnant, but literally we lose our sons and I still got to preach that text. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> you know, so I'm standing up here saying I'm hurt, but still trying to encourage somebody to keep going, right? And so, um, I think that there's a there's a, a beautiful book called Preaching While Bleeding, mm. right? It, it, but it, it, it's talking about like as the preacher, you you might be hurting, mm -hmm. but you still gotta remember and 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 cling to the promises of God, um, hold fast to the, the promises that that say I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's that's a promise that I had to hold on to, and mm. and I still even with a living child have to hold on to because. The hurt of me losing children doesn't leave. Right. Um, but I know that when those moments come up, that I can still rejoice in the fact that, man, this this life is not it. I just preached a, a sermon and I, I added in it that um my dad, literally who has Alzheimer's, like we had to put him away. So he has to, he lives in a, a nursing home. And and literally, like I'm talking about this is like a few weeks ago. Right, I had to preach this message, and and the week following uh, up to me preaching, literally that that Wednesday or Thursday, like we had to literally send him away, and then I had to get up that Sunday and preach a message about joy. Literally, I'm preaching in the Advent series. I'm I'm talking about joy, and I'm I'm you know, I have to I have to deal with the text in a way that keeps the, the integrity of the text. I'm not going to make it say something that it's not saying. The text is talking about Jesus being the joy that comes to the world. And how do I have that joy when I just had to send my dad who has Alzheimer's away? How do I have that? And that's the same thing I think what I felt with uh, losing kids is, man, I, I have to, what, what is true here? Yeah. What's, what's very true is I lost kids. But what's also true is that God is still sovereign. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so just those things, it's it's the it's it's difficult, but I think what what we have that others may not have is we don't suffer like those who have no hope. Mm. Right? We we get to celebrate that this world is not it. And and that's something for me, and I'll say thank you, Jesus, that this world ain't it. Like, it's literally, I, uh, and I'm, I'm talking too long, but I, I just lost a, a friend from high school, right? And so, literally, but I'm, but we're in the middle of a fast. Like, we're doing a 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church. And, and literally, 
I lose a friend uh, and like I just posted on Instagram, both of my friends in that picture are both gone. And I literally have to say, man, I feel bad that I didn't invest long enough time and, and do those things. But how do I remain in it? Like, how do I continue to live life? Yeah. It's because, man, I know for, like he's going to comfort me. He, he, he's promised that he will be a comforter, right? That's the second Corinthians uh, chapter one. Like he, he comforts those in any affliction so yeah. that we can comfort somebody else in any affliction, right? And so I think that for me is holding fast. And I think this is what, what every Christian should, should do and, and, and be grounded in is in scripture. The, the word of God is enough. Yeah. Why? Because it's the very word of God. It, like what he says, he's actually going to stand firm and, and hold fast to what he said. He, he's not a man that he should lie, right? No, the son of man who he shall repent. So he's, so what he said is something you can, you can make your buckle, right? And that's, and sometimes when we, when we get, when we experience life, right? I'm wrapping this up. When we experience life, we, 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 we begin to see, man, there's an obstacle in front of me, but what's also true is what God has said that I'll, I'll like, even if I don't, like if, if the obstacle doesn't change, he's yeah. always with me, mm-hmm. right? That's that, that's that, uh, uh, Psalms 23, the, the Lord is my shepherd. He, like that is pointing to God is always with us. And yeah. that's something that we can, we can look at and say, man, I, I can, I can rest on, on this. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so that's another thing, therapy. Um, and we still trying to figure out how to get back uh, with with the busy schedule because I just went back to school so it's just it's a lot of and you know um, Pascal's home but she also has a has a business so she's a photographer and so we try to figure out mommy and and job and entrepreneur and pastor and and student yeah. and all these other things and so w- one of the things I think that was um, necessary for us when the when the girls died was we were like we ain't even gonna wait we're, sign me up for the first best therapist in the world and and we love our therapist to life she's an amazing woman who uh, is not just skilled at her uh in in her craft um but she she loves jesus and 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 we needed somebody who is going to give us strategic things to help us navigate life but we also needed somebody to say if you gotta you also gotta read your bible too <laughs> here's some encouraging things and promises that God has given us uh, that you can hold fast to. So those, those two things is, is remembering who God is uh, and that he's, he, he's not going to be anything different than what he said he is. Uh, and then two, uh, therapy is, is definitely, um, has definitely helped us in tremendous ways to, to make it. Yeah. I just, we experienced the benefit of like being in Christ we can experience the tragedy, but in every step, they're still good because we're in Christ. It's, it's a different experience going through tragedy without Christ. It's to have some, you know, to cling on to some good, some hope. But we've got in, in every tragedy, you know, he said many are the affliction of the righteous, but he'll yeah. from them all. So in every, okay. every tragedy, there's some some good to cling on, some hope to cling on in Christ. And that's just the benefit. So even. Yeah. Through all your tragedy, you can still be on the Good Report podcast because they're still good. Yes, and, sir. Sorry. Uh, yeah, dog. That's dope. You mentioned uh, Pascal's photography business. Yes. Plug away. Talk about, you know, your photography, what you do. Well, I am a portrait photographer um, with high hopes of shooting for Vogue. <laughs> it's happening. Essence. Come on. You know, yes. all the, all those major publications, <laughs> like I have, I have very high hopes, but I am a portrait photographer. I started shooting six years ago. I started growing in my craft as I served at the church as, as a church photographer. Um, and I think, I think I've been since, since, shooting with the church I've gotten better and better and better and with Vernon's encouragement I finally launched it's not really it's like a half launch but I launched my business last year um so I'm official 
Oh. I'm official now. Um, and the it's the website. And the website is is com. So it's p a s c a l e l o u r d e s dot com. And um, yeah, it's it's a passion of mine. More than anything, I love to tell stories. So the pretty picture is nice, but I love the idea of telling the truth through images. You know how people say pictures. Say a thousand words or write a thousand words. I love that if all those words pointed to Jesus, I think that's so yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I think that's so beautiful. So that is my my goal essentially is to be able to tell truth and speak the truth about who he is. Like even if it's like not blatant, like Jesus, right. but like subtly, if you see a picture and it gets you to think, like, hmm, what am I doing with my life? Right. Like, like is there God out there? Yeah. Let me investigate. If my pictures can do that. I will be so honored. Yeah. No, I'm so honored. So that's, so that's the goal. Yeah, no, I like that. That it might not blatantly say Jesus, but he's in it all. So you can see it, you know, you can find him in, in, in all of it. I'm yep. going to put your website in the description, put the little fancy thing at the bottom of the video, all that good stuff. So um Thank you. now we have a photographer to call when we need one. <laughs> yeah. Hit me up. Yeah, absolutely. Um that's all I have right now. That's all the questions. Y'all were great. I so appreciate y'all for uh, taking time out. Uh, y'all don't know. This is, this is just for investing the time. I, I really appreciate it. Um, hey man, thanks, thanks for having us, bro. Thank and, you so much. and, and we're going to promote this thing. We, we, uh, we wish you nothing but the best in, in this, uh, on this podcast, man. I, we definitely, and I can say this uh, for, for knowing you for some years, um, both up, you know, up close, uh, but also from afar is that like the trajectory that you are on, um, definitely for you, for you, uh, but God's care for his people. Um, and so I, 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 uh, I can't wait to see, um, how this, this podcast, what, what seems like a little podcast right now, this thing. It's going to bless many people. And uh, I, I honor uh, even your pastors for letting you do something like this. Yeah, man. Because um, some people are just like, hey, you better do it for the church and the church only. Right. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, man, go go in in the power that God has strengthened you with. And uh, uh, re- always remember that that the Lord is on your side. And, and as long as you do it for him, yeah. uh, you'll, you'll have great success. So we pray that blessing over you. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, y'all so much. Thanks, baby Eliana. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, so, yeah, we uh, thank Vern. We thank Pascal just for uh, being here. And uh, like I said, I'll post um, information about uh, Pascal's um, photography in the description. I'll also uh, post a link for Epiphany in the photography so you guys can check out their uh you know Vern preaches there um Dr. Mason y'all can check out what they got going on um there as well thank y'all and have a good one thank you all right let me stop recording